Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you today, this afternoon, as we uh, hang out with you till 7 p.m. tonight, uh, at which point we will be handing it off to uh, Breaking Brett Jensen. I, I don't know about you, but I, I had a, uh, a real panic attack that occurred early this morning with the uh, problem with the uh, with the telephones. I, it really it, it bugged me severely. I, I felt like I was missing everything that I could possibly uh, uh, need to know at a specific point in time. And, and luckily for us, luckily for us, uh, the, the system, the system, uh, failed, the system failed. Uh, we should not be surprised. Uh, the systems are increasingly failing uh, in our culture and in our places. And we will probably never hear what caused the, uh, outage with the, with the phone system. I've heard every kind of theory. I've read every kind of theory. There was a solar flare. It was Putin. It was Martians. It, it was Biden. It was, I mean, I've heard all these different sorts of, of theories that are out there, but you know, I'm really I'm really kind of bummed out about the way this went down, because this this started. I, I noticed this thing happening about four o'clock this morning, three forty five, four o'clock. I get up early and I, I said, well, wait a minute. Something's not happening with my phone. And I was trying to get my news. I was trying to get my information. It was very difficult. And I had to go and hop on the uh, the, the, the wi and uh, able able to get my information. But the reality is this is like a, a, a difficult conundrum that we all basically experienced if you were up early enough and it, it seemed to come back to me uh, right about 12 o'clock or so uh it seemed to get their uh, act together over at at&t or whoever was responsible for this and it was it was a frustrating reality and i will guarantee you none of us are going to get any kind of a credit back from the phone companies for the inability to access our phones for a period of six hours or something like that. They're not going to credit us back with that. That's just sort of how the system fails. The system fails and you continue to pay the bill. It's very analogous to what goes on in Washington, D.C. Uh, the border is failing. We continue to pay these politicians. Uh, the, the crimes that are being committed by migrants in our cities continue to happen and we continue to pay the politicians. Yesterday in the fourth hour, uh, and it was a tremendous fourth hour, by the way. If you missed it, you can go and listen to it at the podcast. I got into a, a, an observation with our politicians and the way they approach things. And I think it's worth repeating some of the high points I talked about last night. Because what bothers me, profoundly bothers me, is the notion that you have a politician that comes to you and tells you what you need. Uh, the analogy I used last night was, was going to the Waffle House or, or, or going to any other restaurant or going to any other service location that you're trying to get something accomplished with. You go in to a place of business and 
they ask you what they can do for you. So what are you? What brings you here today? Or so uh, where would you like to sit for your breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever it's going to be? Uh, where where would you like to sit? And how about uh, these menus? And what would you like? Now, if politicians were really running the world, they're not. But if they were really running the world, they would engage in service to their constituents. Think about the worst politician you've ever seen. Don't don't do a president like keep the president away from it. I'm talking governor, senator, congressperson. okay? because those are the people that go around and try to solicit your vote. They put votes on commercials, all this sort of stuff, trying to get you to be enticed to support them in the next upcoming election. When is the last time you saw a publicly elected representative, senator, lieutenant governor, governor, AG, actually come to you and say, what's on your mind? What can I do for you as a constituent that I'm serving as? They never do. Do you know what they say? And they'll say it from now until Election Day. They will say, I am here to fight for you. Okay, that's a very interesting proposition. Whom are you going to fight and for what are you going to fight? They never want to answer those questions. They want to do the shorthand on the commercial. Hey, my name is Joe Jackson, and I'm going to fight for you in Raleigh. I'm going to fight for you in the Capitol. I'm going to fight for you in the Senate. I'm going to fight for you. For what purpose? You don't even know what I want. You don't even know what I need. You're just listening to the money bags and uh, the, the polling. We have to demand more from our institutions. We have to de- demand more from telecommunication companies who suddenly just go kaput. You know, I was thinking about this when the service all came up. All of, all of my uh, messages that people had sent to me came in at exactly the same time with no, no accurate timestamp, obviously. Everything showed up at like 12.01 or 12.11 or whatever it was. And I thought to myself for a moment, what about those people who lost loved ones in the period of time that the phone outage was out? And suddenly you get a text message that says, Grandma died. And you go, how come nobody told me? Well, because the phones weren't working. We have to demand more from our institutions. I, I, look, I understand Hollywood is, a, is a, a swamp of reprobates, perverts, and, uh, and losers. I understand that, and so I don't really spend my money on Hollywood. But I use my hard-earned money to have a service delivered to me that is information-based and communication-dependent. And that went down this day. Where's Elizabeth Warren? Where's Amy Klobuchar? Where's Chuck Schumer? Where are the hearings into what happened with the telecommunications system that just happened here today? Or what if the worst happened? What if it was an attack and they don't want to tell you? What if it was Chinese migrants who came in and committed sabotage. Will they tell you? Will Merrick Garland tell you that? Will Joe Biden tell you that? Will Kamala Harris tell you that? Absolutely not. Remember, 
government is not your friend. It is a fearful master, as we know from the quotings of of George Washington himself. It is a fearful master. But we have got to put the fear into the political classes before it's too late, because it's the only way we're going to get attention. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you today on this uh, Thursday, in advance of Friday, in advance of the South Carolina primary. 704-570-1110, good to be with you. Let's uh, grab this call from Mayor Chris. Hello, Mayor Chris. What's on your mind today? How are you today, Brett? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. First of all, let me say thank you for what you do for all of us uh, by communicating the truth. I appreciate that. Uh, communicating to, to folks what exactly happening. Uh, miss Rush every day, uh, but uh, thank you for carrying the torch. Oh, thank you. You're very kind, and I, I miss him. I miss him mightily for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I think we all do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to say, but I think that the, the, in the last segment there, that there was kind of an overgeneralization. Of that course, government is your is your enemy, right? Um, I would say local government. Uh, in, in all of all of my dealings um, and with with the, my constituents that we have, yes, uh, we all try to work together. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We don't agree sometimes, right. mm-hmm. uh, and in that we try to to work together to come up with with ways to bring everybody to a compromise. That's great. That's awesome. The the problem that we have is when folks when you when you when you put that stigma on folks of politician, mm-hmm. uh, and you say all politicians, they're bad. Mm-hmm. They don't govern correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't listen to their people. Right. But I've, I've got folks that will call me and, and say, uh, you know, Mayor, I, I, I've got a tree that's down in my backyard. It's across my shed. Could you come help me? Right. That, yes, that's, that's, that's outstanding. And I'll grab my chainsaw, and I'm, I'm the first one there to help them. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of our local folks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our mayors in uh, in Rock Hill, Fort Mill, Great Falls, sure. uh, Chester, yeah, um, our, our small-town folks, yes, they're working with the folks in their towns and doing the best that they can for them. Well, now, do we get it right all the time? Mm-hmm. No, we don't. We do our best to, to make the best educated decision that we can and and try to get it right sure but i think what all of the local politicians are doing in honoring their constituents and honoring their folks and listening to what they have and helping them and trying to come alongside them no doubt uh, no doubt is what I, no doubt the federal folks should be doing well that well yes and that is why i i did I, I may not have been totally clear about it, but there is a delineation. I'm, I'm talking about the people that go out and buy television advertising and mm-hmm. they stand there uh, in their kitchen with their coiffed hair telling you that they're going to fight for you. You are on the front lines. So so the mayors of the towns and the people that are interacting with the with the public directly, you you, you are like the infantry. You are the guys that have got to deal with all the challenges. I'm talking about I'm talking about the people that want to be generals uh, and don't want to be uh, don't want to be serving uh, the people. And so I, I always 
I always respect the local authorities, local law enforcement, local local government, even if I disagree with with a policy here or there, because you guys, if, if you don't do what you do, then you, you're going to it can descend into mayhem very quickly. And, and that's it's true. and that's it's a very important thing. My, my critique tends to be much more about uh, people who are running for state legislature, con- congressional seats, the Senate, things like that. Uh, I, I, I think that is that is the place where they're going to tell you what they're going to do and you can take it or leave it. And you're lucky if you, maybe you get one town hall with these candidates uh, every, you know, every couple of years, maybe if they come back. So, yeah, I, I, I have total respect for what you what, for what you do and, and what you're doing out on the front lines. I have no doubt about that. And I don't and I don't think that the corruption uh, is as prevalent. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that you don't have a lot of um, lobbyists knocking on the door, wanting to take you out to, to, to fancy places to do stuff, because you're probably, you're working your job, and then you're working the job of the mayoralty, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, that's the, it. The lobbyists, they don't come knocking on our door. And there you go. See, and that's... We, uh, they, they know that they'll get the door shut in their face. <laughs> that's exactly right. See, that's... Uh, Mayor Chris, I appreciate you uh, checking in with us, and uh, a very, very nice conversation. Thank you for being there, yes, and sir, thank absolutely. you for what you're doing. I hope you have a great day. God bless you, folks. You as well. If there's anything I can do to help you, Brett, just let me know. You got it. I really appreciate All you right. being out there. That's uh, that's Mayor Chris. See, this is great. See, I, I'm a consensus builder. I want to build consensus with people uh, because and again, the analogy I'm using is the is is, a, is tied to the system being the issue because we blame the system for everything. And the, the telephone system didn't work today. Will anybody get a refund for the six hours that they were not able to use their service? No, we don't do that. Will there be a hearing in the Congress? No, we don't do that. We, we only do hearings into uh, uh, Donald Trump and uh, Alvin Bragg and uh, whatever else. Uh, that, that, that's, that's the issue. The border is broken. You know the border is broken. Did you know the border is broken? The border is broken, but it's the system failing. Joe Biden said, if you just give me more money... If you just give me more money, if you just give me more cash, I can fix that border. I need the power and I need the, 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 the cash. I, I want to tip you all to something. This is very important as this debate begins to, to move, because I think Joe Biden is going to try to give you um, the rubber biscuit. OK, I, I think he's going to try to trick you into thinking that he's actually going to fix the border. Here's here's the problem. All right. He said he wanted three things. When he was standing outside of uh, the White House, he said he wanted the money. We need the money. We we need the uh, we need the enforcement people. And you know what the third component was? And he glanced right over it. Give me the judges. I need the judges. I need immigration judges. Hold on. You want to talk about the most radicalized group of people when it comes to appointing federal judges? Immigration judges. They are kukula mukulas, and that is a legal term.
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show, 704-570-1110 is our uh, telephone number, and we always uh, like uh, having conversations, especially on the big issues that are out there. So feel free to jump in, dive in, and uh, be a part of, of the discussion. I have to applaud, and this is rare for me, I have certain states that I'm not a fan of, and actually... Truth be told, the state of Arizona is not up on the top of my list in any way, shape, or form. I just, it's, it's, there's too many people from California that have moved into that state and turned to kind of goofy, okay? A little bit of goofy there. But I love what this prosecutor is doing in the state of Arizona. This is fantastic. This is exactly the way we should be fighting back. Arizona prosecutor fires back at New York City District Attorney... Alvin Bragg, that's the goofball that is the district attorney for Manhattan who is uh, uh, trying to put Trump in jail because of the Stormy Daniels payments. So, so this, is, this is one of the issues that is, uh, that is at hand. Okay, I, got, I have audio blowing up here. Um, this is one of the issues that is at hand. Um, there was this freak... This freak went and murdered uh, a sex worker in New York and stabbed two women in Arizona. Okay, the guy's name is Rad Almansori. An Arizona prosecutor is firing back at the district attorney of Manhattan after refusing to extradite an accused murderer over concerns about the city's soft on crime policies. Maricopa County attorney Rachel Mitchell said she will not extradite a career criminal. This this character, 26 year old Rad Almansori, who is also wanted in New York for the alleged killing of a sex worker. The Maricopa, Maricopa County attorney said, I'm putting victims first and I'm making sure he's going to stay in custody. Again, this is not casting aspersions on the NYPD. It's just a couple of weeks ago that some of the illegal immigrants that were in New York City who beat up the cops were let go. They were flipping the camera off. They walked out of jail. And guess where they ended up? Four of them ended up in Maricopa County and they had to be taken into custody here. I don't want that to happen with this guy. I don't want this individual getting out and being able to victimize more people. Well, Alvin, Alvin Bragg is positively going Fanny Willis. He's going berserk. You have to send him back to us. We have a murder case against this guy. We are demanding that you send him back to Manhattan. She's saying, yeah, no, 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 Alvin Bragg. No, no. As, as the phrase goes on the playground. Too bad. How sad. Call your dad. Okay, this is, this is what she's saying. So she's saying, I'm not going to send him back because you're going to cut him loose. And then he's going to go out and murder more people. He already murdered a couple of people, and he murdered another person. And you're just going to let him out because social justice warriors are all about making you less safe. It's all they, it's all they believe in. It's all they believe in. I love that this prosecutor said that she is not casting aspersions on the NYPD. The NYPD officers are phenomenal. I mean, if they all walked off the job tomorrow, you can't imagine what that city would descend into. And Billy Goats Gruff, she, she, she's not going to come out from under the bridge. 
Billy Goat's Gruff is the governor. If you if you look, if you if you're familiar with the children's book, she is Billy Goat's Gruff. She is hanging out under the bridge, uh, trying to make people's lives miserable. She is the troll. She is Kathy Hochul, and she the, the, this this prosecutor is saying, I don't want this to happen. I don't want this individual getting out to victimize more people. Mitchell on Wednesday announced during a press conference that she would not send the suspect back. And she's got a she's got a good reason. Because he's accused of stabbing two women in Arizona. So we're going to adjudicate the case in Arizona. And then we'll maybe think about it. Maybe we'll send him to you in 45 years, which is probably the amount of time he should do in jail. I know there's been a discussion about New York wanting to extradite the individual. This is not aimed at the police department. It's aimed at Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg is a lunatic. He's an incompetent lunatic. I've instructed my extradition attorneys not to agree to it. We're keeping him here. These are mandatory prison sentences that are going to come down. And having observed the treatment of violent criminals in New York by the Manhattan D.A., Alvin Bragg, I think it's safer to keep him here and keep him in custody so he can't be out and doing this to individuals in either our state or any other place. Remember, when criminals get arrested for violent crimes and then they get kicked loose... They don't have to stay in the jurisdiction. They can go and murder people in other states entirely. So it's the responsibility of these dirtbag district attorneys like Alvin Bragg to keep these people incarcerated. Oh, but, but bail is just, bail is cruel. Cash bail is the cruelest thing ever. Uh, no, wrong, wrong. The cruelest thing ever is homicides. That's that's the cruelest thing ever. It's not, the bail is not the is not the problem. It's the homiciding. Can people please talk to people and tell them to stop homiciding people? Can you people just go out there and tell people to stop killing each other? Because then we wouldn't have to have bail. If you could talk these people that want to go out committing homicide into not committing homicide, there'd be no bail. There'd be no crime. But unfortunately, you've got a lot of deeply damaged, disturbed, and yes, I'll say it, because I'll judge, evil people walking around. I, for one, salute the state of Arizona and District Attorney Mitchell, because she is looking out not just for the, the people of the community in Arizona, but the people in the community of New York, even though... Billy Goats Gruff and D.A. Alvin Bragg could care less. By the way, what did Al-Mansouri do? Al-Mansouri, who Mitchell described as dangerous and violent, is wanted by the NYPD for the horrific killing of 38-year-old Denise Olias Aranciba, a mother of two found dead inside of a hotel in uh, on February the 8th, police say she was killed by a suspect who beat her over the head with an iron. Alvin Bragg would kick this guy loose. Alvin Bragg would kick him loose, would get him a nice apartment and would probably register him as a Democrat. News Talk 1110-993-WBT coming up in the next hour. Uh, Father Bill Nicholas is going to join me. We're going to talk about a case that's come out of... Uh, 
the state of Indiana. And, uh, you know, th- th- there's a lot of stuff going on here. The cultural battles that are happening are are really incredible all the way around. Did you see with Riley Gaines that they, they, they dismissed the charges against the people that held her hostage for four hours at the uh, at, at San Francisco State University? They said that there was no uh, reason there's no underlying reason to uh, to prosecute the people who basically rioted at her appearance just to give a speech. And they kept her locked in a room for four hours with other hostages. There were there were like three or four other hostages. And, and Riley Gaines was saying um, the 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 person that sent her the the note that said there's no underlying basis to pursue charges. Riley Gaines said. She was actually a hostage with me in the room, so she knows full well that she was also a hostage, and I can't understand why they would let these people get away with it. It's because we are living in a barbaric age. Uh, my, my, my friends that traveled with me last summer know the importance of the phrase the barbarians. This is, the, this is a barbarian age. We are living in a barbarian age. And what happens is when you eliminate standards, all the standards— Whatever they are, um, a prohibition on theft, a prohibition on rape, a prohibition on murder, a prohibition on uh, public defecation, urination, public sex, uh, open air drug markets. When you tolerate all of that, you get more of that and more of that and more of that. And that is what happens when civilizations begin to crumble. I, a couple of weeks ago, I, I went through this whole list of uh, the, the typical amount of time that a civilization exists and the amount of time that countries tend to exist. And, and I remember the one statistic that I went and, and looked up was how long does a country on average last? So you have a country and it exists for X amount of time. How long is is the average for a country to exist? The answer is very it's very interesting. 340 years on average, 340 years. So depending on how you want to calculate the math, depending on how you want to calculate the math, you, you could make the argument that we're kind of approaching that, that state, right? 340 years. People have been in the Western Hemisphere for, yes, I understand the indigenous people have been here for thousands of years, but this place amalgamated as a as a country, as a nation, uh, it's about 350 years, uh, 340 years. This is what happens when you decide that you're going to shirk responsibility. And where it first starts with, and this is an incredibly critical point that has got to be understood, where this begins with is, is the original lie that is told to people. And the original lie is, don't judge. Who are you to judge? Who am I to judge? We're not supposed to judge. Do not judge. And what will happen is you'll have these people, and in many cases it'll be pagans, who will stand there and say, well, the Bible says don't judge. That is not entirely accurate. Do not judge lest ye be judged is the phrase but the, the pagans will tell you, oh, you're not supposed to judge. No, I am supposed to judge. I'm supposed to judge 24-7, 365. I'm supposed to judge even more than that when I'm raising a child. But let me tell you something. The reason why 
I am supposed to judge and you are supposed to judge is this. If you want to if you want to supplant the notion of judging, I'm not going to judge. I hope you enjoy your chicken sushi that I'm giving. Oh, I'm not cooking it. Why are you judging me if I'm serving you raw chicken? It's totally fine. Would you like a glass of antifreeze to wash it down with? Why would I want to drink antifreeze? Don't judge. I'm making you a beverage. I'm giving you chicken sushi, and I'm giving you a beverage of antifreeze. Well, you can't do that. I'm going to die. Don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge anything. Do whatever you want. Leap off a 20-story building and... Try to land on roller skates, you're going to get hurt. You have to judge. I judge 40,000 times a day. I judge lanes. I, I judge food. I, I judge uh, things that I have to do. Oh, I'm not paying my income tax anymore. Don't judge me. I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be judged. So nuts. David, welcome to the program. Hey, Brett. Hello, sir. Appreciate you taking my call. Thank you for calling. Um, I got two things. Um, quickly, uh, yesterday, I didn't have time to stay on the line, but I heard somebody call in about what I saw in the sky. Yes, sir. And let me just be clear on something. Yes, sir. I would not lie to you about something like that. I know you wouldn't. I mean, I don't know what I saw, but I will tell you this. Yes, sir. I saw again as I, you know, I was at Sugar Creek in 85 when I saw this. Uh-huh. 30 minutes had elapsed. I was... Coming off the downtown on the freeway, where you get off like 10th Street, 11th Street, where you've got that real pretty mural on the side of the building and all the faces. Sure. You you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. And I saw it again up in the north in the sky, and I actually had a picture of it. But all it looks like is a silver dot. But my point is, I was on the road for over 30 minutes after seeing it the first time. If that had been a jet, there's no way I could have seen it. Sure, I understand that. far away. I, I get that. But um, anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Um, as far as uh, the country and what we're going through, yes. here's Rome very closely. Uh, right before Rome fell, they were in a state of decadence. Yes. And camped outside the city were mercenaries. Yes. And they quit paying them. That's right. And after a while, they decided, you know what? <laughs> we're going to get paid. We're either going to get our money or our money's worth, one of the two, and they sacked Rome. They did. That's true. And, you know, people today, you know, we see what these prosecutors are doing, and we see what happens to criminals. Right. And then we see them go after average people when they defend themselves, and eventually we're going to come to a point where the average person is going to yell, enough. And it's going to be pretty nasty. Yeah, you know, that's true. And and something is either going to give or something is going to change. Those are the only two possible options. That's it. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to you know, drop that to you. And uh, you have a good one, buddy. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Thank you for being out there, uh, David. Absolutely. I, I, I want to be on the record. I was not lampooning David. I, sometimes I'm going to comment on things, on stories from across uh, days and, and, and events. And, you know... I'm in a studio. I can't see space aliens. Like, I don't even know what space... I, the closest I ever came in my life to space aliens... I'm, I'm way overdue for a break. The, the closest I ever saw in my life, space aliens, sea monkeys. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you today. And uh, look, it's not too early to come out and give us your predictions as to how you think South Carolina is going to go this coming uh, weekend. Do you uh, do you think that the 372,000 people that have moved into South Carolina since uh, Nikki Haley was governor is going to make a, a large difference? Do you expect that uh, the the folks are going to be coming out to uh, to vote for for her? Do you think they'll be splitting it with uh, with uh, the Trump uh, enterprise? That is the big question as we see uh, Nikki Haley making the rounds. She was on Fox earlier today. She's on CNN right now with Jake Yapper um, and and some other folks uh, as well. So uh, that is a question for you. If you are a South Carolina uh, resident, if you are uh, living on that side of the border, um, how are you assessing this race? Maybe you're not assessing it. Maybe you're sitting back and saying, you know, I I uh, I know how I'm going to vote, and I'm just going to wait for what those numbers look like. Nikki Haley has basically said she's not she's not bailing out on the race. She's not going to quit. She's going to continue. I don't know um, what this ultimately ends up looking like, but it is it is it is an interesting uh, dichotomy to to see this uh, compared to what you have going on over on the other side of the aisle, which is uh, Joe Biden just clearing the field of anybody who has to w- want to even possibly have an opinion uh, that is uh, out of the orthodoxy of the uh, Biden Harris team. I want to congratulate this audience. I want to congratulate each and every one of you. You did something incredible in the last 24 hours, and you probably don't even realize that you did it. So I want to just uh, take a moment and recognize you uh, for what you've done. And uh, you've done something incredible. You've changed people's lives um, in, in a huge way. And, and I really want to uh, point out the fact that um, despite the Supreme Court refusing to green light this program, your president, I mean, let's, let's not be coy here, your president did something big. Your president went into the cupboard and pulled out $1.2 billion of your dollars that you pay in in taxes, and he forgave student loan debt. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? He did it again, $150 billion in student loan debt that you said you didn't want to pay off, but man, he knows what he's got to do. He, he, he even came out, and it, it's, there's just this very silly video of him. I mean, he just looks confused. He, he looks like he's adulpated, all sorts of things. Uh, Biden on student loan cancellation. The Supreme Court blocked it, but that didn't stop me. The hubris of that man to say that. Supreme Court said, hey, Joe, what about segregation? The Supreme Court said I couldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. Really? The Supreme Court said no, and you still did it. How did you do it? Did you do it with your little hatchet? Is that how you did this? How did you do this, Joe Biden? See, I, I, use, the, I use the argument about the segregation issue to show you, like, what lawlessness looks like. This is what lawlessness looks like. 
Joe Biden, you are not allowed to give away any more money. Oh, the heck I'm not. I'm going to ignore the Supreme Court. And he did. He went on to say there's only two branches of government. The White House and Democrats. He didn't really say that, but come on, you know you could hear him saying that. Hey, let me, let me say something here real quick. There's two branches of government. It's just White House and the Democrats. Um, this is, I mean, this is really amazing. But you, you, you should feel so proud because you're changing people's lives. You're increasing the, inf- the... Let's be honest here. You are increasing the inflation, for sure, by pumping another... $1.2 billion into the economy. I mean, that is, you like those high gas prices? You like those high food prices? Oh, Joey, Joey, Joey's got this thing under control. Uh, Democrats are celebrating. And then, uh, and then when Republicans try to talk about it, they get very, very upset. As somebody notes, this appears to be sort of kind of constitutional crisis Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, You've got people who will tell you that nobody is above the law. We put people, we put presidents in jail for this, right? Well, not if you're on the right side of the deal. You know what I'm thinking? Here's what I'm thinking. Suss this out with me if you could, okay? What if we come 2020, what's the next election going to be? 2026. What do you say? I got an idea. What do you say we get all the Republican candidates... And they don't run as Republicans. They run as Democrats on exactly the same platform. And then when you just get into the when you get elected into the into the body politic, just go back to doing what you were going to do. Just do the bait and switch, man. That's what government is. I'm just wondering about this because we're told that the norms, the norms and the standards of of law and order are at stake. Joe Biden is told by the Supreme Court, you can't hand out any more free money and it didn't stop him do you see what i did i did it with my little hatchet i just I'm, i may never leave california again i'm really hoping that he's going to defect to california I'm, I'm really hoping um after the election he is going to go to california um and 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 take up residence there because he is starting to act like if you, if you look at him he is starting to comport himself. And I'm, look, I'm, I'm speaking in only respectful terms, by the way. I don't name call. I don't, do, I don't call them bad names. I don't uh, talk uh, in, in that way. I respect the office. But he reminds me of late stage Shah of Iran going to France. He kind of reminds me of that, of that guy where he's going to say, you know what? I am uh, going to uh, abdicate the throne after I've given away $200 billion in student loan forgiveness uh, on my own, and I'm going to go uh, hang out in California with my, uh, with my son, Hunter. It's what it's starting to feel like to me. Uh, I, can't, I can't lie to you about it. Um, the Supreme Court said he couldn't do it, and he went and did it. He went and did it. Now, what do you do when the Supreme Court says no and you say yes? What, what, hap- what happens then? Exactly. You got it exactly right. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show, and I am uh, happy to welcome back to the program my good friend, Father Bill Nicholas from uh, Diocese of uh, Evansville, uh, Indiana, in America, which is awesome to have him on the program with us. Father Bill, good to have you, sir. 
Good to be with you again, Brett. Um, so I came across this story, and ironically enough, it's in, in, in not ironically, but interestingly enough, it's in Indiana. Indiana parents warn the nation after their child is removed from their home for improper pronoun usage, and they're saying it could happen anywhere. Talk a little bit about this this uh, this conflict that we're seeing. Uh, well, you know, I, I saw that as well, and uh, when you contacted me to say you wanted to talk about it, I looked into it. And um, it's interesting. I, time was when the government of our country and our states were there to protect the rights of its citizens. Mm-hmm. Now it seems every time you turn around, the government is being used to violate uh, its citizens' rights and no longer protects them. And in this particular story, we see two uh, freedoms uh, at issue here. One is... Our first freedom, which you've heard me refer to before, is not freedom of speech. It's freedom of religion. That's right. And the second is, of course, freedom of religion, which is our second freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, freedom of speech is our second freedom, uh, where they're taking their kids away because they are using improper pronouns, improper speech. And uh, it, the more I think about it, uh, you've heard me talk about this before, that if our freedom of religion is diminished in this country, our other freedoms are not far in coming. Sure. Or it won't be far in falling. And uh, I, what, the ones I take issue with are those in our nation who do not exercise their freedom of religion. Now, I don't know the Catholicity of the family in question here. It didn't talk much about, you know, their Catholicity. But remember during the pandemic, suddenly people wanted to say, well, taking the vaccine is against my religion. Mm-hmm. But no one took them seriously. And are we surprised that no one took them seriously? Because at least for the last couple of generations, our society has taken religion less less seriously as a less and less important part Mm -hmm. of our nation and we've allowed that to happen i'd say it even goes as far back as as uh, the 60s or maybe the 50s uh recently especially under president obama's administration they never referred to freedom of religion they refer to freedom of worship that's right that's right freedom of worship goes as far back as the artist norman rockwell norman rockwell very very famous late american artist uh, he painted Richard Nixon's uh, presidential portrait. He has a series of paintings called The Four Freedoms, and one of those freedoms is freedom of speech, and another is freedom of worship, not religion, worship. Now, worship is something that's private. We worship in the church. Mm-hmm. We pray in the home. Religion is something that's always very public. It dictates how we live. It gives us the values and the ethics whereby we live and raise our family and, and, and raise our children. And that's what the Founding Fathers wanted in their society religious people. Not everyone is religious, but they have a freedom to exercise that religion, because it's the ethics that comes from religion that will maintain a stable society and a free society. But over the last couple of decades, if not a couple of generations, we've allowed the diminishment of religion in our society to the point that we no longer take it seriously. And now, what do we see the result is? The powers that be no longer see in general that we don't take religion seriously. Let me give you another example. Sure. Statistically, at least, statistically, the single largest denomination in the United States is Catholicism. Now, granted, all the other Protestant denominations together outnumber Catholicism, but the individual denominations, they say the largest denomination is Catholics. Mm-hmm. The second largest denomination, or the second largest group, are the non-practicing Catholics. Mm-hmm. Catholics who don't practice their faith or who've left their faith, or Catholics who don't exercise their freedom of religion. Now, if the Catholic group is that large, imagine how those who don't practice their Christian faith, those who are not Catholic but Christian, yeah. how, how large that group is. And we see that group 
demonstrating that freedom of religion is not important enough for us to practice. And so the powers that be will see that. Are we now surprised that they are now not taking our freedom of speech seriously mm-hmm. and our freedom of mm-hmm. the press seriously? When we say something or post something that is not part of the, uh, the narrative, we're canceled on YouTube or on social media. And then, of course, when it comes to freedom of assembly, we saw people gathering outside during the pandemic were arrested. That's right. For gathering to worship their faith. But people protesting racist cops were not. That's right. And so we're seeing that domino effect in our society now. And I think the first domino that fell was take, we no longer take religion seriously. And this is something the Founding Fathers wanted in the society. They did not want a state church, mm-hmm. but they wanted a religious community, and nor did they give, uh, they didn't forbid the government from supporting religion. For example, nothing wrong with supporting Catholic institutions that do a good, that do good for society. Mm-hmm. What the Constitution forbids is Congress imposing a state religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. They can support religion that helps the society. They can support organizations, even religious organizations. Nowadays, they say, no, if there's anything religious, it can't have any government support. But that's not what the Founding Fathers wanted. So little by little, they're diminishing freedom of religion. And here we see a family that, at least professed to be Catholic, believe there are two genders, but they no longer take, but the powers that be no longer take religion seriously. So when they say our religious faith dictates there are only two genders, now they don't have a freedom of speech either. And this is what I'm seeing happening more and more in our society. And so the issue I take is not with the powers that be. We expect them to behave this way, regardless sure. of the party they belong to. Sure. But it's the citizens of this country that need to wake up again. We are a Judeo-Christian society with the freedom of religion. And if you profess a religious faith, get your butts in church and start practicing it. Yeah, I, I, because absolutely. if you're not going to exercise your freedom of religion, don't be surprised if they are not going to allow us extra to exercise our freedom of speech and our other freedoms. Well said. Well, well, bravo. That is exactly spot on. Uh, that is a muscle that has got to be exercised on a regular basis or it will atrophy, uh, like, as, 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 you, as you point out. Uh, the, the, the absolutely phenomenal analysis, and I really appreciate you coming on the show with me today. Uh, to, to break this down because it is a clarion call for everybody uh, to, to 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 make sure that 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 right is preserved and protected and and uh, and utilized. Uh, it's absolutely a, a phenomenal answer, Father Bill. I really appreciate yeah, you. And there's, and there's no point in protecting it. Something we don't value or exercise. Very very true. Wonderful to speak with you. I look forward to catching up with you. Uh, on the on the show again and and offline as well and uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show today. I thank you so much for coming Good to be back, Brett. All the best to you. You've got it. That's Father Bill Nicholas. Uh, I am Brett Witterville. There's a lot to kind of take in there, and one of the stories that we're going to come back with here in, in a couple of minutes. In a couple of minutes, you want to you want to know about this story. Um, you you think that the idea of taking children out of the home. Uh, because of gender issues. That, that's one thing. What about organizations that are taking teenagers to other states for secret abortions? What about that? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey, Charlotte. 
Join Breaking Brett Jensen at the first WBT Cigar Club meetup of 2024, Thursday, February 29th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Watch Brett host Breaking with Brett Jensen Live, browse premium cigar brands, including Cohiba, and enjoy giveaways and specials courtesy of The Vintage. It's the WBT Cigar Club Thursday, February 29th at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Seating is limited. Lock those reservations in today. Email cigar at wbt.com for reservations. Once again, email cigar at wbt.com for your reservations. And uh, it's going to be a tremendous night. I, I just I know it. And uh, it's, it's going to be a really great opportunity for you to get to know Brett uh, better, and he'll get to know you better, and it's really going to be quite something. Uh, so uh, get out there. Get out there. Have a little fun, for goodness sakes. That's what you need. You need more fun. I'm telling you, that's, that's really what it comes down to. If more people were having more fun, a lot of less anger. You, you reduce the anger at this stage of the game. Because you know what? This can be a little bit of a dreary time of year. Like baseball hadn't really started. Basketball's kind of flagging, and, and then and then what do you have? What do you, what do you have? You got you got you got hockey. Uh, you've got um, yeah. There's nothing else I can possibly think of that's a sport that they you don't do like around. soccer. What what is that? Soccer. Soccer. The yeah. the thing that they play over in England. That's a and nice. Play, a, we play here too. They do where? Right up, right up here at the bank. We'll be there this Saturday night. Come on, man. Who, who, are, who are you playing? Are, are you playing Arsenal? Or are you playing? Uh, who, who are you playing? I don't remember. Is it going to be Arsenal? Is it going to be uh, a Man United? Manchester United? Well, I would it... probably play them right now. They're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm, look. I, in all truth, I, I'm, I'm an omnivore when it comes to sports. Mostly, m- mostly. There are a couple sports I'm not going to involve myself in. You left out cricket. It's a phone company. Australian rules football? Uh, that First of all, that's just nonsense. You, if you tried to do Australian rules football in the United States on a mass basis, you would have injury lawyers lined up outside the, outside the pitch or the stadium or whatever they have. What I mean, about hockey? I mean, what about rugby? R- rugby's fine. I mean, that's a, that's a perfectly fine sport. It's not anything that I would be involved in or would have been involved in, but I, it's fine. Where, you know, it's, it's, it's just it's terrific. I like the Scottish games. I like when they do the Scottish games, you know, heaving the telephone poles and carrying people up a hill and all that kind of stuff. That now, now, now you're, st- I, want, I want feats of strength. That's what I want to see. Anybody can run into anybody else. So you like the strongman contest. I don't even know what that is, but I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm willing to. I'm it willing used to, to be on CBS every Saturday or Sunday. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, I know what you're talking about. That's not what that was. That's how, I'm, I'm, the ABC, uh, the stars. Remember when they have the, the all the stars would get out together from the different TV shows and they would compete against each other. No, they had that, the, they had the, the big, battle of the network stars. No, no, they had the big guys out there. They called it. The Kathy star. Lee Gifford was was carrying. <laughs> She's she's carrying well now now she's carrying a whole bunch of, of vitamin stuff but back in the day she was carrying Frank with her everywhere get on hop on let's go and I just carry her across the field no it's no good <laughs> listen you don't know what you're missing man I'm telling you I there's 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 a, there's a lot of great stuff that goes on out there in our country and in our culture you got to dive and you got to live a little bit and go see Brett Jensen over at the Scar Place that's going to be a blast.
How many do you do you smoke a lot of cigars? Uh, uh, you know, when, when you're when you're sitting around. I wouldn't say a lot. I do smoke some occasionally. Get me a you know a bourbon and some cigar and sit mm. out on the back porch swing. And that's pretty nice. I call I, I call that a uh, that's a very nice day. By the way, that is a very nice day. All right, I want to go back to the top of this uh, program that we were talking about uh, because I'm starting to get a little nervous here. I'm a little nervous about something that may be happening in this country, and we may not be paying close enough attention to it. So, as you know, AT&T had a nationwide cell outage. They're saying it's a mystery. Verizon, T-Mobile, they have been affected. They were part of this as well. Um, 911 systems were crashing in different parts of this country. Uh, People were really freaking out. They didn't know if it was a hack. They didn't know if uh, if it was a solar flare. Now we got another story moving. Now we got another story moving. And I'm, I, I'm genuinely concerned about this because this is this big deal. Change healthcare pharmacies nationwide report outages in the wake of cyber attacks. This is Dateline today. Change healthcare, that's the company, reported the issues due to a cyber attack, which is causing havoc for patients attempting to fill subs, uh, uh, prescriptions. Pharmacies all over the country are experiencing delays in prescription orders due to the cyber attack on one of the biggest healthcare technology companies in the U.S. Change Healthcare first noticed the cybersecurity issue affecting its networks on Wednesday morning on the East Coast. It comes amid a major cell outage which has affected millions of customers across the country crippling 911 services and leaving customers without reception on the biggest networks. That outage may have been caused by human error. That's just another way of saying the system failed, but okay, I'll take you at your word. But a solar flare has also been cited as a possible explanation for the cell problems. Change Healthcare are in no doubt the problems facing their systems that have been caused by a cyber attack. In a statement, Change Healthcare said, that it's experiencing a network interruption related to a cybersecurity issue. So who would be benefiting from this kind of behavior? Who would be behind this kind of thing? Ransomware? Uh, what, what, what would it be? Who could it possibly be? Well, I think you got two very likely potential culprits. Russia and China. Or as I like to refer to them, communists. The communists are behind it. The Russians are still communist. And let's be honest, the Chicoms are still communist. So I'm just going to ascribe it to, uh, to, to, to one of these groups of people who are attempting to, uh, to try to get some stuff done. Now, the FBI director says the China cyber attacks on U.S. infrastructure, it's now de- being described as an unprecedented scale. Chris Ray warns that pre-positioned malware could be triggered to disrupt critical systems in the United States. This, this, is, this is just totally 100% the worst thing ever. And I'm going to tell you why this is. Because we had an opportunity. We had an advantage on the bad guys once upon a time. We had an advantage on these bad guys. And we decided not to take advantage of this. We should have taken advantage of it when we had the chance. But we didn't. We didn't. Now, the FBI is warning about Chinese spy malware. Uh, It's posing a threat to critical infrastructure in the United States. You've been watching tens of thousands of people emigrating across the border from China. We we don't know 
what we don't know. That's one of the scary realities here, folks. We have got to harden the system. We have got to harden it. We're an open country, and it's, it's a very dangerous time to be that wide open. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Coming up top of the hour, Beth Troutman is going to join us. They got uh, big news. They got big news over in Bowen Beth. Just FYI. Let me uh, jump in. Okay, Spencer, welcome to the show, Spencer. I'm treading carefully because I'm, I'm on the verge of a freakout over all of this stuff that's going on with our communications devices. What is happening, Spencer? Okay, the, the outage happened in the dark. Yes, it did. You know, like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. We, we are protected from the sun at three in the morning here in the United States. Uh, so it could not have been a solar flare mm. that caused this outage. So what was it? What 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 could it have been? Uh, well, I don't know what it was, but it surely wasn't a solar flare. You you sure about that? No, that, that the solar ejection couldn't have happened, and and it came raining down. Like if it was early, and then it got closer to us, you know, when it when the sun was up, could that have happened? It could have off when the sun was up, but when the sun is down. Those particles from that uh, coronal mass ejection uh-huh. would have gone around the uh, uh, the uh, magnetic lines that the uh, Earth's magnetic field uh, is putting out. So uh-huh. it would have passed around the Earth and gone out into the uh, area behind the Earth and not fallen on the Earth itself. Uh-huh. All right. So what what would what would be your guess at this stage of the game, then, Spencer? Some clown with a uh, hacking mm. uh, machine. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, I'll take it under advisement. I appreciate that. How many days till the uh, eclipse comes? Like forty-two, forty-three, something like that. Awesome. I'm, I'm sitting here testing my equipment. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, you have a a, a spot. Uh, on your about your show and it's talking about the oil on titan yes yes that's where we got to get our energy from yes sir well yes we got to get our energy from there but uh it is not natural gas well i mean one man's natural gas is another man's oil i mean oil on titan would be solid rocks wow uh, you know what? But I'm 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 not in love with the Titan energy anymore because uh, I read that story that was moving over at Zero Hedge that talked about how much like we have like 500 trillion units of hydrogen. Hydrogen is where the game is at, Spencer. Hydrogen. Yes, that's what we got to be we doing. Probably have that much. We have probably have that much natural gas seeping out as well. I mean, we have natural gas to, uh, to power the earth for the next 10 years. I'm in. I'm in. Great stuff. Thanks, Spencer. I appreciate it. We're breaking up on you there, unfortunately, but I do appreciate the call. Let's go to Stan next. Stan, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, Brett. How are you doing? I'm well today. Hey, uh, you were talking about the system failing, and you're talking about the student loan bailouts all in the same yes. hour there. Yes. And I've always known that something is true, and that is, is that when the uh, when anybody, they say they're bailing out like the homeowner or the 
student or whatever. Right. They're not actually bailing them out. What they're doing is they're bailing out the entities that those people owe because those people can never pay it back. Mm-hmm. So basically the system failed, and this is to cover up the, the fact that the system did fail and allow the fraud to continue. Okay. So let me ask you a question. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you're a smart guy, and I only have a couple minutes left, but let me ask you this question. Why couldn't we trade majors at colleges and universities on an exchange? So, in other words, if you really want to get a degree in, you know, thermo something engineering, you're going to have to bid for that. You're going to have to bid for that because it's going to mean that when you get out on the other side, you're going to be able to make a lot of money. You're going to be a very successful person. And if you want to, if you want to bid for a dollar twenty-five on underwater basket weaving, well, go right ahead and buy it all you want. But that's what the charge is going to be. Why can't we create a market-based major system inside the university, Stan? Uh, because they would have to get rid of DEI to do that. Yes, exactly right. And the only DEI I ever was in favor of, you know and I know, was Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. (laughs) Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you, Stan. That's exactly how I feel about it, by the way. Nobody, nobody, nobody gives the... I'm a little concerned. I've been here for a few years. I enjoy this radio program very much. I love doing it. I don't get a lot of love from the NASCAR crowd. I don't under, and I know they're not. They're not hanging out over there. They're not hanging out over there. That you need to come hang out with me, okay? Because because I'm I'm a defender of fossil fuels. I'm a fossil fuel advocate. You're never gonna hear me get out there at the track listening to nothing when it's electric cars going around and it's going to sound like a singer sewing machine. No good. No good. I want to smell the fumes. I want to feel the heat. I want to, I want to, I want to understand that energy that comes around every 60 seconds. That's where I'm from. How about you? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. You know what that song means? It means... Beth Troutman is in the house. Hello, Beth Troutman. Oh, 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 I didn't activate you. Now you're activated. I'm sorry about that, Beth Troutman. Good to have you. Now I'm here. Hello, Brett Winterbull. Hello. So, so I came across a release inside the studio here that is a very fascinating release, Beth Troutman. Um, yes, and what is that? It is a release that says, congrats to Bo and Beth. Uh what a phenomenal team you're on. Oh, wait, that's, that's my claim to you. Uh, good afternoon, all. Starting this Saturday, 224, Mix 107.9, welcomes our Radio 1 Charlotte WBT family members, Beth Troutman and Bo Thompson, to the Mix Airwaves when the Beth and Bo Show debuts on Mix 107.9. And it's going to air... Saturday mornings from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., and it's filled with fun lifestyle content 
and great stuff. Congratulations there, my friend. Congratulations. Oh, you are just the sweetest. You know, this is hugely exciting. Uh, Mix 107.9 is part of our Radio 1 family. And, um, you know, of course, Bo and I love working together and we love not sleeping. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's awesome to, to add an extra, um, an extra morning to the Charlotte Airwaves and to, to get to create more content together. And we just are so, both of us are so humbled and honored by the idea that, um, that that was even a possibility. You know, I don't know that that things like that happen often in in um, radio families. That that you know, a, a, a duo ends up on two stations, you know, in the same market, and it's just such a beautiful, um, supportive, incredible place where we work. Mm-hmm. And to have an opportunity to communicate even more with the the people of Charlotte. You know, Bo and I both grew up here. We uh, you know are part of the public school system here. We both went to college here. You know, Bo. I went to Davidson. I went to UNC Chapel Hill, and to be able to to create um, on on you know uh, even a, a new level now for the people that we grew up with and for the communities, you know, who made us who we are. It is just uh, one of the um, just loveliest feelings, and for Radio One to to see something in us and to try something completely new and and do something like this is is just, again, humbling is the only word that I can think of. And the the team at Mix 107.9 are, you know, we, I mean, they work in yeah. the studio right next to us. It's just an right. incredible group. Neil Sharp, who is the program director there, you know, this, uh, this he's just been so welcoming and so excited. And um, Mike Schaefer, our program director. Oh, yeah. Has also been exactly the same way, and and been you know part of the process of, of nurturing this new idea and this new um, you know business venture and this new way of of communicating with people. And so now we get to uh, have fun with the folks in Charlotte and and inform and entertain Monday through Friday, um, six to ten on Good Morning BT on our station that has given us a home and made us. You know, such a, they've just given us so much freedom and they took a risk on, on creating a new show with the two of us two years ago. And now to, to get to communicate and, and create and have fun and, and entertain on Saturday mornings as well. I mean, oh my gosh. I, I, it's just, I'm, I'm actually at a loss for words, which is, is not great when your whole job is to talk. All right. Do you get to, do you get to pick the music? How, how does that work? I, this is what I'm curious about. Because I mean, you, you guys play sound bites. You know, when you do when you do news talk in the in the morning. So, will will you have a big say in the music that gets played? Now we will do we will do some of that as far as um, you know the bumper music that Bo and I yes. love to create with and that you know make a, a statement to whatever subject matter we're talking about. Um, but the brilliant program director Neil over there at 107.9, he is the uh, the brain behind the very the nice part of <laughs> of the entire system. But you're so sweet to bring it up, and I I didn't even realize that that email had gone out until I just called in and Isaac <laughs> Isaac said, "Hey, congratulations!" And I was like, "Oh, hi, great." We're, we're on it. We we so we are lovely. We are on this, Beth Troutman. Okay, we are we are 100 percent on this, and and so this means now. Wait, hold on, I got to do the I'm got I'm gonna do the math now here so it's going to be so that will be a a sixth day where you wake up with a song in your head 
it will be a sixth day. And well, and I will tell you, the way that my head works, it doesn't take a day off. So this will just be, you know, Charlotte being subjected to a sixth day. <laughs> That's really awesome. That is st- stellar, stellar work. All right. Now, let me ask you uh, a question. Let's get down to the, to the, to the icky uh, reality of life uh, in this crazy world we live in. What the heck? Did you did your phones go sideways? My phones went sideways. I I, I was I was panicking for hours on end with this uh, with, with this uh, with this outage uh, with the AT and T. Well, I can completely understand that. I don't have AT and T, so I didn't experience it. Oh, but you I have, lucky um, duck! Family members and friends who did, mm-hmm. and you know what? The first thing I thought about, and of course, this is where my brain went. I, I read the novel uh, "Leave the World Behind," which then became a movie on Netflix. And one of the first things that happens is you just cell phone. They don't have access to their devices and to cell phones. And I'm sure that if anybody read that novel or or saw that movie, that that might have been the first thing that they started thinking about. And I'm sure that one of the big issues is that people will probably think, oh, my gosh, is this hackers? Oh, my gosh, is, is this an attack on a, a communication system? And we are actually, you know, we have a cybersecurity expert, Teresa Payton, who joins us on Wednesdays, usually right. on Good Morning BT. She's joining us um, tomorrow to talk about this issue so that we can kind of break down exactly what AT&T was battling, was dealing with, and exactly what happened. It's it's um, it's unbelievable, but you know it's totally believable given the uh, challenges that we have in the in in the world uh, today. No doubt about that. Uh, right, and it's it's a scary thing once when you have an experience and you you had this happen to you today. Mm-hmm. How much the the technology we've become so reliant on this technology, and it was marketed to us that way and Correct. created so that we would become very uh, necessary in our lives because, you know, that, of course, creates a, a, a whole business opportunity for that entire industry. And But when there's an outage like this across the, the nation and affecting so, so many people, we realize how many skills we've let go by the wayside. Oh, you know, things gosh. Like reading oh, maps. Gosh. Things like using landlines. Mm-hmm. Things like the fact that we don't have pay phones anymore. So That's if right. you need to make an emergency call, where do you go? Yeah, yeah. And if, you know, there are people now who are talking about trying to abolish the idea of landlines altogether. Mm-hmm. And when something like this happens, you realize why landlines are still necessary, why people still need to potentially have communication devices that aren't directly connected to the internet, that aren't directly connected to, you know, cell phone towers or however, you know, the, the technology, we, we need to still maintain some of that original technology so that when things like this happen, we still have methods for people who might be having emergencies or just people who are scared. Or lonely. Or lonely. Or lonely. (laughs) Or lonely people. People that are just worried now. You know, that's... Yeah. um, Beth Troutman, what is coming up on the big show tomorrow? In addition to the big news of you guys doing this show, uh, what else you got uh, going on? Oh, you're so, so sweet. Well, tomorrow we have Mick Mulvaney joining us at 635. We're going to get a preview, get ready for the South Carolina primary, which is happening on Saturday. Um, We're also going to talk in detail with him about what's going on in Alabama, the Supreme Court decision with um, IVF and and what that means uh, in Alabama and what that might mean for discussions in other states across the nation. So that's going to be an interesting discussion you don't want to miss at 635. Plus, as always, John Hancock will join us in the 9 o'clock hour and all of the fun stories and the stories that'll make you think and hopefully the stories that'll make you call us all that happening tomorrow from six to ten great stuff looking forward to it and enjoy the evening my friend
News Talk 1110-993 WBT Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you. And let's I want to grab this call from Dave in Waxhaw. Dave, welcome to the program. Hey, Brent. How you doing, bud? I'm well, thanks. Good. Listen, I'm sitting here talking to a young man that's a freshman at Pfeiffer University as a golf uh, golf uh, uh, student out there as well. Awesome. And, uh, have a good time out here at the Monroe uh, Union County Public Library. Very uh, hanging cool. Hanging out with the sister of an outstanding Board of County Commissioners candidate, Christina B. Helms. And uh, just having more fun in the law labs. Thankful that our phone's working. Yes, it is. <laughs> Finally, yes, absolutely. What's on your mind today? I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I told told people I'm pretty sure I need to start start learning Chinese and uh, Russian pretty soon here. Uh, it <laughs> looks like we're on that on that path, and uh, I don't know what's going on today, but but uh, it wouldn't surprise me any. And uh, I, I think you know trial balloon, you know the. Air, Balloons coming over yep. the United States and yep. all these other things. I know that those folks don't sleep, man. They're twenty four seven trying to take us down, and uh, and we we've got to wake up. Hey, listen, I appreciate the time, bud. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you being out there. Thanks so much, Dave. It's uh, Dave checking in from uh, Waxhaw. So there was this uh, this article that ran in the Daily Mail earlier today, and here's here's what it said: FBI and Homeland Security are urgently investigating whether the AT and T outage was a cyber attack, as security experts tell the Daily Mail, it has all the hallmarks of a hack. Now, why, why are we being reactive on everything here? Wouldn't you have thought with all the billions and trillions of dollars that we have spent that we would be committed to hardening our infrastructure and all of that sort of stuff. But no, what did we do? Just think about this for a second, okay? Imagine, if you will, Joe Biden decides he does not want to run for for office again. And so you end up with, and I'm telling you, this will be the dream team for the progressives. It's not the dream team for me, and it's probably not the dream team for you, but I'll tell you what the ticket would end up being. And I promise you, this is more likely than not, given the metrics that are used to hire people inside that other party. I think it would be Kamala Harris and the vice president would be Pete Buttigieg. That's what I believe would occur. You would have Pete Buttigieg because he would be a historic first and Kamala Harris would be a historic first. And that's what the metric is. It's not about getting the best possible people with the expertise Tell me that Alejandro Mayorkas is the best possible person to deal with the border. Tell me that John Kirby is the best possible national security spokesperson. Where have, when's the last time you saw Corrine Jean-Pierre? It's like they sent her upstairs and then she never came back down. Where's Corrine Jean-Pierre? She hadn't been, she hadn't been seen in, in, in a month, a month of, a month of uh, Sundays. What is going on here? So, Pegasus Research puts out a a tweet. I think it's an interesting tweet. Not sure about the rest of you, but I don't feel confident that Homeland Security and the FBI are investigating. Paul Blart would be a better investigative choice for this, this situation. Now, you have to understand, if this was a hack, if this was a test, if this was whatever it was... You can bet your bottom dollar that it's going to be done again. And you can bet your bottom dollar that when the time comes to invade the United States, to attack the United States, they're going to blind us first. 
They're going to turn off. They're going to turn off the Internet. They're going to turn off the, the, the cell phone services. And you're not going to be able to communicate with people in your community. You're not going to, I mean, it's, 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 think about all the information you rely on and then think about all of these phones just randomly going offline. It wasn't the entire country. The entire country did not have an outage from AT&T. It was, it was primarily focused here in, in, in Carolina and, and into a couple of other uh, di- disparate areas. But th- this, is, this is a serious matter. And, and to be honest with you, I, I think I would probably put it more likely uh, to be responsible as a result of uh, the CCP or the North Koreans uh, than, than the Russians. But the Russians would take full advantage of that. Remember, we were talking last week or even earlier this week about the dangers of the Russians putting a, a nuke up in space and, and they, fry, they fry the satellites. If they fry the satellites... How are we going to know what's coming inbound, what's going out? I mean, how you think we have like this amazing technology, all this stuff? I mean, this has been this has been a um, an, an an incredible failure, and we don't even have like the basics down. We can't keep airplanes up in the sky without there being a door getting blown out. Uh, just a couple of days ago, you had a wing coming apart that was flying into, uh, flying uh, out of Boston. Boeing says the executive in charge of the company's 737 MAX program is out, a significant shakeup for the aircraft manufacturer after a string of mid-air mishaps. That makes me feel better. That makes me feel totally safe. Makes me want to go get on a jet with a, with a Boeing MAX. You have a president and an administration that likes to woof. They like to woof at the bad guys around the world. But what we have done is we have watched in the last two and a half, three years, these bad guys aggregating their power and teaming up. And teaming up. The, the Iranians, the Houthis, the Hamasers, the Hezbos, all these people... Are, are, are gathering together and and we have a guy that seems to think that all he has to do is is make a face at the rest of the world and say you better not you better not do anything uh, against us do you think the current president instills fear into anybody and you could say whatever you want to say about trump you can say whatever you want to say about george bush you could say whatever you wanted to say about reagan you could say about whatever you wanted to say about it. but the resolve is been present we ran like scared children out of afghanistan we ran we didn't even bomb the burg the 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 bagram uh, airfields we should have just burned you know just blown those airfields up send in strikes but we let them keep everything we let them take everything and i had that story for you last night i talked about it last night on the show that al-qaeda is back The only question that's out there with Al Qaeda in Afghanistan is whether or not they have been green lit to go carry out terrorist attacks around the world. That's the only thing that's still kind of hanging back right now. So we'll see a a second and a third generation of people sent to these hell holes to go fight wars when we can't even secure our own infrastructure. I wonder what the infrastructure is like over in Ukraine. 
asking for a friend. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT, Brett Witterbull, and uh, it is great to be with you. Let's, this, this AT&T shutdown has is, is really got me uh, concerned, and I'm not a panicky guy. I'm not a panicky guy by, by, by anything. I, what I worry is that this was like a test, that this was the test. Hey, how can we do it? What are we doing? The president's out in California. He's not here. Um, there's there's a, a number of things that kind of make me nervous about w- what just happened here. And I'll tell you what really makes me very nervous is if this is the forerunner to some other kind of a bigger cyber attack uh, where you're going to target critical infrastructure, hospitals, pharmacies, um, uh, emergency responder systems. Like you think about this, this that could be really, really uh, shocking and you could lose lives. So let's uh, let's jump out and talk to uh, Powell next. Powell, welcome to the program. Well, good afternoon. I'm calling to you from Silver Street, South Carolina, a little tiny town in the western part of the state. Thank you. And being a retired radio engineer oh, awesome. and a ham radio operator, it's 100% impossible for a solar flare to have done anything. Mm-hmm. Well, we would have, first of all, we would have known about a solar flare three or four days in advance, and if it if, let's say it did, it would wipe everything out. It would knock off all of your uh, studio-to-transmitter links mm-hmm. for radio stations because they're in the same basic range of frequency. So that's just a red herring. So what do you think happened? Do you think this is a hostile uh, a hostile uh, a force coming at us? I think somebody in AT&T was playing around and screwed up. Oh, wow. That's also a very good option. Holy cow. I work for, I work for Southern Bell and AT&T. I know they can be screwy. <laughs> Holy cow. That's... That's awesome. Where, where did you where did you uh, where did you operate out of when you were when you were uh, an engineer? I, well, I, I was on the air and I was an engineer at WKDK, the Big Twelve Forty in Newberry, South Carolina. That's awesome. Great job. And, Great job. And I uh, worked with the phone company for thirty years and part time with the phone company. I mean, part time radio station for fifty two years. Wow. And That's then awesome. I got uh, anyway, but uh, wow. it was just. One time I was when I was working downtown and the phone company was doing something in, uh, at the downtown office that was a toll switcher, mm-hmm. and they did something they weren't supposed to, and it knocked it down and knocked out, knocked out all all calls. Holy, <laughs> holy cow! Any any call in Columbia that routed through the uh, downtown switch, it didn't go through, and it was we were offline for like five hours. Five hours? That is unbelievable! Wow. And, Wow. And, and, the, and the time you shouldn't have. Holy cow. Let me tell you, Powell, a great call. I appreciate you being out there, my friend. Thank you so much. Call me back anytime. I, I really love talking to you. All right. You got it. That's Powell checking in, giving us some really good, uh, good, good intel. And then let's go out to Wayne here. Wayne, welcome to the show. Howdy, sir. Uh, I am in sunny Kendall, Florida. Nice. Which is in Miami. Nice. And um, on vacation. I live in Lake Wiley. Um, so my... My work area is the greater Charlotte region. So 
I'm down here hanging out on vacation with buddies. Everybody that had T-Mobile and AT&T, dead today. Wow. I had Verizon. Thankfully, I didn't lose it. I tried to reach out to my wife, who has AT&T, back in Lake Wiley. Mm-hmm. Nothing. She Thankfully, we have the, the Internet, so she was able to you know communicate that way. So it, it went way more um, downrange than just regional. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen all the headlines. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all the way down here in South Florida, same thing. Well, here, I'll give you a headline that's moving. Um, feds wonder did... <laughs> I mean, this is this is scary. Feds wonder: Did a cyber attack take down America's cell system? Uh, I think we ought to take a bigger uh, look into that. I think maybe you know, with the Congress yeah, being yeah, out of yeah. session. So, I mean, come on now. Well, uh, <laughs> the last last check with my wife, it's uh, her AT and T is back up. We we just had different carriers when we got married and just kept it. But um, but yeah, all the way down here, and I just I did ways from where I am now to my house in Lake Wiley. 739 miles, wow. and the same thing happened there that happened down here. Yeah, see, that's the that's the problem. Great stuff, Wayne. Enjoy it, and be safe in your travels. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you uh, che- yeah, checking in with us. So th- this piece is, uh, Ed Morrissey uh, penned this piece. Feds wonder, did a cyber attack take down America's cell system? Well, the feds can't be the only ones wondering because of today's massive cellular system failure. All three major networks reported outages at roughly the same time. And although there were areas of uninterrupted service, the failures seemed to be widespread. Having all three networks seemingly impacted suggested something other than a single point of failure error. According to ABC News, uh, they're reporting... A network disruption affecting AT&T customers in the U.S. Thursday prompted federal agencies to investigate whether the outage was caused by a cyber attack. In a statement to ABC News, the company confirmed the outage and advised customers to make calls over Wi-Fi. Two sources briefed on the situation told ABC News that the FBI and DHS, among other agencies, are urgently investigating to determine whether AT&T outages are the result of a cyber attack or a hack. So this this all began uh, at at least as of uh, uh, noon today, it got cleared up. But as of 5 a.m. Eastern time, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, reported, according to a confidential memo obtained by ABC News, that the cause of the outage is unknown and there are no indications of malicious activity. Why do the agencies always go so quickly to create this impression that it's not something malevolent? I would my my spidey senses would tell me to assume this is malevolent as opposed to uh, assuming that it's just somebody kicked a switch out or something like that. The fat finger mistake, right? It, it is it is something I mean, it, it, it is a, uh, a scary reality, and you realize how quickly uh, you, you are unable to revert back to how things used to be with, as Beth was saying, maps, atlases, what have you. Um, I think I'm going to, on my way home tonight, I'm going to uh, pick up a sextant so I can, like, <laughs> look up at the horizon and figure out what I'm, what I'm doing. I'll just, I'll take... I'll take that. No, it's clear enough for over here. I'll, I'll, I'll go stand at Lake Wiley and use the sextant to figure out the, uh, the coordinates of the landing or whatever. And I said sextant. Don't, don't let your mind wander. It's a, it's, a, it's a device to measure altitude. How high are you?
I'm kidding. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you. What what do people think? What do people think? I think the answer is they don't think. This this headline is, I mean, what the heck? We are never going to get them back. More than 56,000 barrels of radioactive waste has been dumped off the U.S. coast. What? A new report in the Los Angeles Times indicates that pollution in the Pacific Ocean off the California coast could be even more dangerous than originally thought. What was once thought to be thousands of barrels of DDT. It's not. You would be happy if it was DDT when you hear what it was. This is terrible. What was once thought to be thousands of barrels of DDT may actually be low-level radioactive waste. And the DDT that was detected was not contained in barrels, but rather poured directly into the ocean. What? Stop! DDT. DDT. See, I'm... I'm confusing it with DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. Oh. I shouldn't do that. It's DDT. But wasn't there wait? Wasn't there a wrestling ensemble that was DDT? Weren't they called DDT once upon a time? I don't think they did the DDT or called the DDT, but there was a move that I think was called the DDT. The DDT was the move. Yeah. Did it cause a silent spring from you when you hit the when you hit the the, the ground? It it, uh, it yeah. knocked you out. It was kind of like the pile driver. In reverse or something. A reverse pile driver? Or something. I mean, my gosh, you would have to. You, don't try to dis- dissuade me from talking about the DDT. You brought it is, up. <laughs> no, I brought up Diamond Dallas Page, which there was DDP, <laughs> which is not the same thing as DAP, which is something you use when you want to <laughs> seal a, a container that might have had DDT in it, you know, perhaps. Uh, instead, scientists now believe that between the 1940s and 60s, Local hospitals, labs, and other industrial operations disposed of barrels of tritium, carbon-14, and other similar waste at sea. The number of such disposals are staggering. One map from the International Atomic Energy Agency said that over a 25-year period ending in 1970, more than 56,000 barrels of radioactive waste had been dumped into the Pacific Ocean on the U.S. side alone. Scientists have spotted some of the barrels under more than 3,000 feet of water near Catalina Island, a place where they're likely to stay. You think? You think that maybe they're going to... They're gonna First, at some point, they're gonna the fa- the seals are gonna fail. The problem with the oceans as a dumping solution is once it's there, you can't go back and get it. Said Ken Busler, who's a marine radiochemist, and and he says you can't go back there and dig this stuff up, get it up. It's too dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. Now, hold on a sec. We we don't know what's in those. We don't know what's in those cans. We don't know what's going on there. I mean, we really don't know. And this, I would think, wouldn't wouldn't it show up in trace amounts like in the water? Like, would would we not detect radioactivity in the water? I mean, I, we have submarines. We got 
research vessels. We, so unless, unless they're just trying to say, well, no, at some point in the future, 100 years from now, this is going to become like a horrible situation. But we might be able to have we might be able to mitigate that 100 years. So we may have something that can do something about radioactive stuff and DDT. What do you th- what say you you're 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 a chemist, my friend. What, what do you think? Well, first Th- of this all, is George, by the way. First of all, radioactive radioactive stuff decays. Yes. So it's going to the amount of radioactivity it has is going to decay over time. The half life. Right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And the ocean has natural levels of radiation in it anyway. So mm-hmm. I would think unless there was a massive leak, mm-hmm. it would be, you know, difficult to detect. But you would think that, of course, you know, salt water is going to degrade metal, but it's mm-hmm. probably if it's at such a depth that it, mm-hmm. it's so cold, there's not enough. You know what I mean? Good point. That's a great it point. It may keep it from... Plus, we did... Plus, we, we blew up the Bikini Atoll and all that stuff, and I mean, that... It's Back still in, radioactive. <laughs> is it still radioactive today? Yeah, there's there's d- places d- in there's places in um, Nevada where they oh, did yeah. the sub you know below ground testing. Yes, that's still that's right. Very radioactive. That's very that's very scary stuff. And Chernobyl's still radioactive. Well, so. I, I, that's like an open. That's like at Fukushima. Yeah. Fukushima. Fukushima. Exactly. You still have it going into the and ocean. They actually dumped. They they did a controlled dump of some of their radioactive cooling water. Yes, they did. That is that is true. I mean, look, this is a big planet and we've got a lot of challenges here. I would just hope that we're not continuing to dump stuff into the uh, into the ocean. But you know what? We, we don't know. And we'll have to mitigate. I look, I, I imagine with all the microplastics and stuff in us. I mean, that may actually protect us <laughs> with like a shield. Look, I'm going to on my way home tonight, I'm going to pick up a sextant and I'm going to see if I can see the West Coast. From the, from 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 my from my casa, no, no good. I think it'll work. I, no I know which no. I know which star to look at. I know which star to okay. look at. I do. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Because today is almost over. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, yeah. <laughs> the following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. The hour is now. 704-570-1110. Welcome. Hour number four of the Brett Witterbull program. Good to be with you. And uh, we are looking at a lot of big stories that are out there moving stuff that you need to know about. How about one of the biggest unions in the country just made a $45,000 donation to the RNC? Now, that's interesting. That is an interesting little bit of information via Red State. One of the biggest unions in the country made a $45,000 donation to the RNC. Labor unions are notoriously left-leaning in both leadership and political action, while many blue-collar workers who are part of the biggest unions in the country are split between Republicans and Democrats. The unions as a whole 
are very much pro-Democrat. That's what makes this story from The Washington Post interesting. The Teamsters, one of the most well-known unions in the country, made a pretty sizable donation to the Republican National Committee, and it's bigger than the one they gave the Democrat National Committee. The Teamsters Political Committee has given 45000 to the Republican National Committee, according to federal records, a significant departure for a powerful labor-organized group that has recently supported Democrats. The union sent out the contribution, the maximum allowed, from the union's Political Action Committee to the RNC the same day former President Donald Trump met with the Teamsters leadership for the second time in January. Now, while the Teamsters typically make the occasional donation of Republicans, the RNC, that's a rarity. The last one that it donated to the Republican group was in 2004 when they gave them $15,000. The Teamsters occasionally make small political contributions through the Political Action Committee to the Republican candidates and the PACs, but the donation to the RNC departs from the usual spending. The union's first contribution, as I said, 15000 in 2004. Excluding the RNC donation, roughly 95% of the Teamsters, nearly 458000 in contributions has gone to Democrats, including a $30,000 gift to the DNC and a $60,000 contribution to the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee. What this tells me is this is a big deal, and this is about sending a message that Well, Joe Biden may not be the guy. Continuing from Red State, the Biden administration has been accused of manufacturing a labor crisis in 2022, just ahead of the midterms, in order to eventually show how much of an ally he was to blue collar workers. At the time, the country was on the brink of a rail strike that would have crippled the American economy further and tied up transportation across the country. Ultimately, The Biden team was able to work out a compromise between the workers and the rail companies. Later, there were also threats of strikes for other delivery companies, which further vexed the president's team. Biden has often portrayed himself as a relatable guy to the common man with frequent anecdotes about how we grew up and where he grew up and all those sorts of things. The president is struggling to connect with voters right now, and economic concerns have been at the top of the list for most voters look this is very easy to understand you have a situation where you have a president who should be a friend of labor and has been a friend of labor but he doesn't have the horses he doesn't have the game and what this is is this is protection money this is the the um the teamsters saying to the rnc we're giving you some money, so don't come and hammer us once once we get into the, the election. Because they know full well the average Teamster, just like the average UAW worker, is going to vote for Trump. I mean, they, they know this. Think about, think about Teamsters you've known. Think about um, UAW workers you may have known, especially if you lived in the industrial Midwest. Uh, or the Northeast, you know darn well that those are people that are not going to be down for a lot of what the Biden administration is down for, right? They're pro-Second Amendment. 
They're strong family people. They are traditional family people. These are not, this is not the, uh, in any way, shape, or form, the Harvard uh, professorial lounge where people are sitting around and ruminating on how many genders there are and things like that. These are men and women who get up and go to work every day and work hard on all of this stuff. It's what this is. Now, here's a good story and an interesting story. Because we're about to have another historic U.S. moon landing attempt this hour. Now, normally I don't talk about space, but the moon is a different thing entirely. I love the idea that we're attempting to try to get back to the moon with an idea towards exploration and other things like that. We should not be ceding the moon to the communists, to the Russians, to the Iranians, to any of these, uh, any of these outfits that are going to try to get up there and, let's be honest, defile the moon. I will not stand by for the defilation of the moon, the defilement of the moon. I, I will not do that. I know many people who are very big fans of the moon. They like to see the moon. They get excited when the moon comes out. They get very, very into it. That's not me. For me, this is a strategic uh, consequence. This is a strategic uh, attempt to get these things uh, uh, underway. But by the way, um, but by the way, Isaac, uh, get ready because October 27th at Spectrum Center, Jelly Roll is coming to Charlotte. Just I just want to you want to put that on the calendar over there for uh, for the folks. I just want to go ahead and throw this in there. Yes, sir. Huge Jelly Roll fan. Jelly Roll is the man. Okay, so he is coming on October 27th here in Charlotte. So be prepared. Uh, are you aware that Jelly Roll also uh, he he testified in front of Congress? He did testify. That? He's that awesome. saving lives, man. He was save saving lives because you, you don't want to get these people getting involved in in, in drugs and and terrible decisions. A hundred percent. That's why I I reported that out to you uh, the moment that I saw that show up on the uh, on on the crawl. In fact, you'll note I talked about people who enjoy the moon, and then. I went to Jelly Roll because that was the next big story, which I think is actually a bigger story than the moon. Frankly, frankly, I mean, I got to be honest. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Waterbull show. So let me go back to a story we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and this was something that we were challenged about. But it is true, and I was able to you know, get citations for this because we had a caller call us up and say that they did not believe that this is what was really happening. And it's a, a long, convoluted way of explaining this to you. Congress is too busy bankrolling Ukraine to stop the VA from processing illegals' health care costs. That was a story I talked about. It involved... Uh, uh, Marsha Blackburn, the senator from Tennessee, and she had been w waving the flag to warn people about this. And this is a story that continues to this day. Members of Congress love to profess their alleged support for America's military veterans. But if that is true, why are they ignoring the agency tasked with caring for veterans, medical needs, steering its resources towards illegal aliens? Throughout the past several months, controversy has engulfed the, the VA 
over the processing of health care claims for illegal aliens. At issue is a contract between Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, and the VA's Financial Service Center dating back to 2002 that authorizes the latter to process reimbursement claims from providers for health care costs of illegal aliens in ICE custody. So you're a veteran. You're trying to get health care. You can't get the health care that you need. The, the illegals are being put into the VA system for treatment while they're in custody. While illegals in ICE custody are typically treated on site by medical professionals, agency officials are permitted to take them to an independent private provider if a specialist or emergency care is deemed necessary. That's according to reporting from Fox News. According to a report from July, ICE has hundreds of letters of understanding in which ICE's, that's Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Health Service Corps, will reimburse providers at Medicare rates. That uses the VA's health care system, that's the health care claims processing system, which is a portal that allows providers to submit and view claims and access other resources. ICE ultimately reimburses the VA for its services. But this has become a sticking point for people. Tommy Tuberville, is one of the people who has blasted this, blasting the administration for prioritizing illegal immigrants over the well-being of American veterans. This has become a huge issue. Tuberville and his office has since accused the agency of playing word games and using community care network providers for illegals. The term community care is in reference to non-VA health care practitioners who provide medical services to veterans. Access to these programs was expanded under the VA Mission Act, signed into law by President Trump in 2018. Mark Mostert, a senior researcher at ABLE Americans, notes that it is inaccurate for the VA to claim it does not devote significant resources and energy to processing medical claims via Immigration and Customs Enforcement. There's a backlog in veteran benefits claims, noting that cases more than doubled between 2022 and 2023, 417,000 backloaded cases. When all is said and done, the issue demonstrates that while the VA does not pay for medical care for illegals, considerable effort, resources and money are spent to process the illegal alien medical claims within the VA, said Mostert. So you have immigration and customs enforcement providing services ahead of veterans. That's the fundamental issue here. Now, Joe Biden says he needs a new border plan that's going to fix everything. Joe Biden vehemently denied any blame for the years-long U.S. southern border invasion that has uh, occurred here in the United States of America. He says, I've done all I can do. And Corrine Jean-Pierre said the exact same thing two weeks ago. But now Politico is reporting that the president does, in fact, recognize the authority at his disposal to address the border crisis. On Wednesday, the paper reported that the administration is considering a new string of executive actions and federal regulations in an effort to curb migration at the U.S. border. Among the ideas under discussion, 
includes a section of Immigration and Nationality Act to bar migrants from seeking asylum in between U.S. ports of entry. Wow, what else can you do for us, Joe? The president continues to deny the blame for the crisis with calls on lawmakers to send him legislation that he can sign and fix. Biden made last month's plea to Capitol Hill lawmakers as they negotiated a bipartisan spending bill that ultimately included just $20 billion for the U.S. border and $60 billion for Ukraine. The colossal spending package was swiftly defeated after its release. Republicans dispute Biden's claim that the commander-in-chief is powerless to fulfill his oath of office to faithfully execute the nation's border laws. He can. He can take action already. He broke the border. He can fix the border with his own power. It is a crisis. It is obvious. Let's hope that this president wakes up and understands that he was wrong to do this. Let's go to Ram next up. Ram, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, I, I was actually uh, listening to what you were talking about on uh, regarding uh, the Biden administration creating uh, uh, an issue for, uh, I mean, regarding the labor unions. I mean, yes. it, is, it is not, it, it, what you said is basically a, a, a high-flying management theory. If you are, if you are uh, uh, like doing a, a, a managerial role, right, and you want to show your boss that you are you are very good uh, uh, trouble fixer, yeah. first thing what, what you would do is create trouble. And then go mm-hmm. and fix it, mm-hmm. and then say that you you've done you've done great work. That is how you'll get recognized in the eyes of your management. Yes, that yes you are great at at what you do. <laughs> what 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 the administration has been doing even even just now what you alluded to around the border, and previously what you were talking about around the unions is first light the fire. Yes, and then and you yourself be a fire uh, fire firefighter and fire extinguisher. Uh, so, uh, I mean, now talking about doing an executive action on the border now. Yes. Why? Why was the border even opened up in the first place? Oh yes. Right. That's and the then question. now, now telling the Congress that you should give us sixty billion dollars or no twenty billion dollars mm-hmm. to fix the border, and then blaming it on the Congress that you you are not giving me money to do that, and now just because you don't give me money, I'm doing an executive action. I I, I don't know. I mean. Uh, People should really see through this and understand that that this is this is no more than an election gimmick. I, I think I think the speaker has already called it out. But 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 I hope I hope uh, irrespective of whether the voter is a Democrat or or a Republican, this is more than party lines. This is this is country's national security issue. Yes, it is. Uh, right. It's, but you 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 are you have twenty thousand Chinese um, uh, military age males in the country. Imagine. 50 states, 20,000 people, almost 4,000 people per state. What havoc can they create? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ram, great great stuff, Ram. I appreciate you being out there today, my friend. Thank you so very much for your analysis. He's exactly spot on. He's 100% right on. They light the fire, then they put the fire out, and they want credit for putting the fire out. Oh, look, that, thing, that building's on fire over there. Yeah, you just threw a lit cigarette into the, into the hay, hay pile. Well, yeah, but now I got it put out. Yeah. We're expected any moment. The moon lander touchdown being reached, uh, awaiting confirmation of the landing up on the moon.
Let's just hope the communications are not controlled by AT&T today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Brent Whittable. Good to be with you. All right. Let's pivot over to this, if we can, here for just a, a quick moment in time. I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring. Uh, Mission Control is working to confirm the moon lander's touchdown on the moon. Why does it take so Is AT&T running the operation? Is that what's going on here? Do they, do they have an outage? Do we have an outage happening here? I don't know. We're waiting to see. Oh, oh, wait a minute. They have confirmed. Look at this. They have confirmed Mission Control. They're all clapping, so I'm assuming that means that they, they, they made, that, yeah, they are they are transmitting and welcome to the moon. Houston, Odysseus has found uh, a connection. So there, look at that, man. That that is that has not happened in 50 years. I mean, 50, 55. Years. This is a big deal. Their equipment is on the surface of the moon. Now, I want someone to explain to me. I want someone to explain to me. We we had like the equivalent computing that you have what, what, what like in a Timex watch to be able to get those guys up to the, the moon and to land on the moon and do all the cool stuff that they did up there. OK, they had to use slide rules. I'm not going to use Sexton again because I, I burned that one out. But, you know, they, they had to do a whole bunch of stuff and calculations and computations and all this stuff. And we like we're we're like, well, we can't really get it up there. We can't really put it up there. It's not it's really difficult. We're just still trying to land it up. I, I don't understand how we lost all of this institutional knowledge so quickly that that should to me, it, it would be it, it would be like it would be like Babe Ruth coming back to to life today and going to a baseball field. No, better yet, going to an MLB game. And being brought in, and he, but he, but let's just pretend like he's in his prime. He's in his prime, which whatever the heck that would be. Um, but if you took Babe Ruth and put him in a baseball setting, okay, it would be high tech. It would freak him out. That would probably be a little bit weird. You know, you got all the music and the people dancing and all that sort of stuff. Okay, that might freak him out. The food, the, the, the offerings of the food would be amazing. I bet he would, like, be mind-blown what the clubhouse is like. I bet he'd be like, what? You guys have what? This is unbelievable. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, right? you played baseball, right, uh, Isaac? You played baseball? I did play baseball. Okay. At the end of the day, it's round ball hits cylindrical bat, correct? Correct. We don't have different bats. I mean, we have higher tech bats, but we have a bat and a ball and a pitcher and a glove. I mean, that is, is that not the fundamental issue yep. here? That never changes. Okay. So it's like, well, we could take Babe Ruth and put him in, in, at home plate, and I bet he would make contact. I mean, the ball is going to be coming a lot faster than it probably did in his time. But after, after he gets a couple, a little bit of chin music, he's probably going to be like, okay, I, I, can get, I can get my handle on this. And just a side note, back in the day, he was swinging uh, 
like a small tree, and now he's going to be— Right? Okay, so that strength, like that massive strength. I mean, why can—how come we can't just go right up to the—like, get up on the moon? It's like we forgot how to do it. We forgot how to—I understand. I understand. You know, things change. Everything changes. Got OSHA regulations. You know, you can't put people in a tin can and put it up. But I was hoping by now in 20, what is it, 2024, I was hoping by now we're a quarter of a century into the century that by now Elon Musk could be shooting stuff up there. Uh, you know, uh, the Amazon guy would be shooting Bezos. stuff up. Bezos would be shooting stuff up there and just landing it up there. Like, who do you, like, who do you have to ask permission for to go land something on the moon? I feel like you got, probably got to ask a lot of yeah, but why should you? Well, okay, but you can go to an island, you can go to Tahiti and shoot it off of Tahiti. And hey, look, we just put uh, Jeff Bezos up on the moon. Now, everybody vote on go and vote on Elon Musk's platform about whether or not we bring him back. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, th- th- this is like th- this is like a big deal. We, we got the equipment on the surface of the moon. Like to me, that's exciting. But it's also kind of sad. It's also sort of a heartbreaking thing. Hey, we shot something up to the moon where we landed in the 1960s. And we were able to land more stuff up there. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I mean there, this is, there are people who are still alive who are part of the moon program who did all this. But now, what do we do? We're doing, like, drones. It's like a drone thing that lands. And is there, is there, is there going to be room for people in there? I don't know what's going to be in there. I don't know what's going to be in there. Remember the, um, the weird vehicle that they tried to put down to go to the Titanic? Remember? And, and, and they had the horrible explosion where the thing blew apart. Again, I'm thinking... We should be able to go to the bottom of the Marianas Trench. The people should be able to stay inside that capsule for like a month and make observations and do all sorts of things like that. It feels like we regressed. And I'm not I'm not I'm not at all tying this to politics. Like I'm not I'm not tying this to, well, because of Obama or because of Bush or because of Trump or because of Biden. But we used to just do really cool stuff. And now we're doing really average stuff and we're celebrating like it's really cool stuff. I I, it's it's a difficult thing to figure out. I believe at some point we're going to get to a, a place where at some point in the future we're going to see an, an NFL season have a team go undefeated. Totally undefeated. I think we're going to see a team go totally, oh, oh the Dolphins in, in the 70s who didn't. How come I didn't know? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the final segment of the hour. As uh, there Again, the, uh, the breaking story here is that um, the equipment is on the surface of the moon. That's, that's what's happening here. It, it, it's... Uh, it's it's pretty incredible when you think of how far we've come and when you go back in time and you think about all the all the departments that we've had to deal with to try to achieve things and how when you look at the different federal departments that exist in the executive branch and how little many of them do it's 
it makes you wonder how we built this country. And I think that is one of the things that is that is perplexing. So I have I have a I had a grandfather who helped to build a lot of the New York City skyline. So he worked on a lot of these big projects. He worked on uh, he worked on the World Trade Center. He worked on the Lincoln Tunnel. He worked on the George Washington Bridge. He worked on the um, he, he worked on what was once upon a time called the Tappan Zee Bridge. These huge projects that existed and worked on countless numbers of, of, of skyscrapers uh, in, inside of Manhattan and around the, the city of New York. And when you look at those people who did those things and how they were able to pull those those jobs off, it really is remarkable. I remember having a conversation with him about working at very high altitude. So so what he was, was he was a cement mason. So he would work to lay the concrete down and then you would you know, you would you would spread it. It would cure. It would do all that sort of stuff and you'd be moving up. But when you're laying that stuff down, you're laying it down because you've got rebar and stuff that's that's the forming of that. And then you keep going up and up and up. And I asked him one time, I said, what was it like to be up at the 80th floor or the 90th floor uh, or the 100th floor, whatever it was? And I, I asked him, I said, what was it like to be up there? And he said it was just a place you were doing the same job, whether you were on the first floor, second floor, 10th floor, 50th floor, 70th floor, all the way up. And I, I asked him, I said, were you afraid that you might fall? Were you afraid that you, something might happen and you might fall off the building? And he, he was very matter of fact because this was like a World War II generation kind of guy. And, you know, he, he would say to me, no, because once you get above 10 stories, it's all the same. It's all the same result. It's, it's the exact same result. If, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you fall, you know, four or five stories, maybe you got a shot. But once you start getting up into, into the double digits, it's, it's, the sa- it's the same thing that happens. And what he had told me at the time when they were structuring out these buildings and even, even uh, some of the bridges and things like that. So they would have very well-trained individuals who would be responsible for putting the rivets in with the steel, right? So they would be up on those beams, like they would be up on the beams doing work, uh, balancing, putting the rivets in, getting it set, and then moving, uh, you know, space by space by space by space going up. Because, you know, when you look at a building, a skyscraper that's going up, right? You'll see a lot of stuff is down. It's finished at the bottom level, but at the upper levels, you're seeing it's still continuing to go up and and to be unfinished. And they would have to they'd have to run those rails and and handle all this sort of stuff. And when you go back in time prior to that, right? When you go back to the very first big buildings that were put up in, in places like New York or Chicago um, or, or any other place. And, and you think about the limitations they had, right? Because they had a limitation on steel. They had a limitation on elevation. They had a limitation on, on a number of different things that they could go up with, say, with a wooden building, right? Where, where you would have wood and then you would have steel and you would have all those things. These were people who were pioneers, 
And so when you think about these people that went to the moon, they would have been the children of those first pioneers. Like you think about where you saw Neil Armstrong or, or you saw John Glenn and, and you saw what they were able to do. And then think about what their parents' generation was, right? They would have been just acquainted with the ability to fly, right? Because if, if you have one of these astronauts born in the 1930s or, you know, the 1930s, their parents were turn of the century. They were pre-flight people. And so the thing that is so incredible about where we've come from, from... Orville and Wilbur Wright successfully flying here in North Carolina and getting up to the place where we get to the moon and we get to the place where we scrape the sky and we do these things that are incredible. And these guys just did it like a job. They did it like a job. And we're excited and celebrating because the equipment landed on the moon. That used to be called Tuesday. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Breaking with Brett Jensen's coming up next. Thanks to Isaac and George and Pam. And, of course, Scott Hamilton will be back again tomorrow starting at 3. News Talk 1110-993-WBT.